0: Hey, it's Jose Galison. You're watching No Way Jose. You can find me on No Way Jose YouTube channel, all the major auto podcasts and audience as well. Uh, Odyssey, I said that really quick. Uh, today my guest is Brooke Hines. Uh, we'll be talking about a bunch of different stuff. No set topic for today, really. Uh, I do want to let you guys know uh, no, the the deal, uh, how this works. I think I might be changing it too. I'll let you guys know what's going on with that. How this works right now, if you're watching the 29th, if you're watching the live stream comes out, it's public. Uh, but it'll go immediately behind a paywall after and roughly about a week or so later come back. I think I'm um, getting ready soon. Just completely paywall it. Uh, probably waiting for a few more patrons because I do like the live stream aspect. So that's why I want a few more patrons that we have people to engage. Uh, but uh, I'll be probably be going to full behind. So it'll only be the live stream for the patrons in the future. Aside from big stuff. So like my Four Pony Boys series, those will still be uh, uh, public. Uh, but yeah, if you want to have access to that stuff, uh, the paywall content, you need it. Uh, patreon.com, which is No Way Jose 2020. The lowest level is 2 bucks that gets you access to all that. But there's differing levels of uh, perks. There's 5, 10, 20. The highest being 20. Those are my sponsors. My sponsors are um, Mikel Thorpe of the X Money Show. If you're trying to get out of the country, dual citizenship, uh, all sorts of stuff along those lines, he's your guy. He's got a podcast. He also does it as a business. So go check him out. I also have Jeremy, who has an Etsy store. Etsy.com slash shop slash Raising Liberty. You can follow him on, tw- at, yeah. on Twitter. I'm all tongue-tied today. I don't know what it is. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Rhymes. And I also have Toad, who's my co-host on my other show, Tower Power Hour. Uh, so you definitely go follow him uh, at TPH underscore Toad on Twitter. Also, like I said, he's a co-host on my show, Tower Power. So go check that out. That's mostly on Odyssey. We do keep the last few episodes up on YouTube. But, you know, uh, if you want to watch any of our Tons of episodes we've had, like we've had Dave Smith multiple times. We have Shoe on Head. That's probably the biggest one we've had. We've had a bunch of other big guests. So uh, if you want to go see our old episodes, anything more than a few episodes, like I said, you got to go to Odyssey for. uh, But yeah, we have the most recent few that keep them up on the YouTube because the last one got nuked. So you know uh, we're not investing too much uh, effort into that, but we keep it there for people like YouTube. The past few uh yeah i also um i do want well, to let you guys know toplobs.com you so at checkout he has my merch he has a bunch of other shows merch like tower power for instance like i just mentioned uh definitely go check out his merch he has a lot of good stuff he also has stuff that's not podcast related so he has a lot of good stuff there especially if you're more of the liberty inclined with that let's go ahead and get brooke in here and get to it hey what's up brooke <laughs> oh you're muted <laughs> here we go yeah. <laughs> How you doing?
1: Good. How about you?
0: Good, good. Uh you wanna introduce yourself to the audience? I mean, we're gonna be talking kind of about a lot of the stuff about you today, but you know, just a quick little recap uh, before, you know, up from the top, let them know who you are, what you're about, what kind of stuff you covered.
1: So, um I've been doing this for a long time, and by this I mean uh writing stuff and I guess uh um pissing some people off and making some people happy uh, um, I uh, I came into all of the work that I do out of publishing a, a newspaper after college and I did that for a few years it was like one of those weekly news weeklies you know where it's like here's the bars here's the bands to go see and also here's all the lowdown on the dirty politics in our town Um, So we did that for a few years and then I I went from that into advertising agency work, which wasn't really what I wanted to do, but um, this was mid 90s and there was the the newspaper work was, it was impossible to get a job as a writer and it just didn't seem to be like what I wanted to do. So, I spent my career mostly doing advertising and different kinds of publications, kind of going back and forth. And then, about 10, 15 years ago, uh, actually, it was when Occupy happened, uh, I switched from doing corporate work and marketing to working in uh, what I call the family foundation funded progressive organization space as part of the left institutional world. And uh, what had happened, which happened to a lot of people in Occupy I found out is that uh, um, I was kind of recruited. Like I was helping out doing PR for our Occupy here in Orlando and the local left progressive organizations were kind of looking for people to hire to do work and i was like wow you can get work you can get paid doing left organizational work sure let's i want to see what that's about more than anything and it was like a huge pay cut you know from what i was used to working corporate and marketing but i was like you know i've I've done this for 20 years so Let's do something different, and I've always wanted to work in a political space. Well, um, we can talk about, you know, some of the ups and downs of that. But uh, I found I learned a lot about number one how the left institutional space is its kind of own thing, and I also learned a lot about uh, after doing that work. I switched over into doing campaign work. For uh, uh, like small campaigns, uh, municipal, county. Uh, I worked a lot on um, state the the kinds of campaigns where someone's running for the uh, chair of the Democratic Party of the of a Florida and uh, that type of thing, and then some congressional campaigns and a Senate campaign. Uh, and so I kind of kind of more as a fact-finding mission, I guess, is the way that I'm looking at it now. Like, it's good work. It didn't pay great. Um, I met some good people, but I learned a lot about the space and what's going on there. And I have, like, some good news to report, I guess, and but a lot of bad news to report about what is going on in those spaces. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, just to kind of round that out where i came from as a lefty was um the catholic church so like when i was in when i was a kid and i was you know my parents were like you got to go to church whatever um uh, i was given the opportunity to uh work on Kind of the in the Catholic Church, there were all of these kind of political things you could work on, like uh, uh, Latin American stuff, and uh, you know, it's politically themed stuff, and that got me out of sitting in the pews and doing all that sort of thing. And I was like, great, I'll do that. And then after that, they were like, well, you can go to the Unitarian Church if you want. So I did that for a while, but so like all of those experiences kind of informed my leftism which was you know basically like let's try not to have wars <laughs> let's try not to kill people i have lived in florida most of my life um i lived in tennessee for a really long time and i've been around vets mo- like m- most of my life and and the way that i feel about that comes from people who were in the military not from this like hippie dippy, you know like you know pacifism it's that it breaks people you know and they're not taken care of afterwards um and uh and, and just a sense of of taking care of people you know that kind of catholic works you know like make sure that people have what they need and maybe it's not a great thing to have so many homeless people in all of our cities that you know it's making every place a horrible place to live you know like that kind of stuff yeah. that is a very different vision from what's going on right now in left spaces so that's kind of the the thing that i'm starting to write about a little bit more and to tell some of the stories out of school you might say
0: yeah well, that's cool there's actually a lot in there that i can uh, connect with uh, the religion uh, i was 11 years active duty military i actually just got out like a couple years ago uh, I didn't do any like combat stuff. I was a mechanic, <laughs> but like, uh, still it, interesting. I, also, it's funny. I'm uh, I was born in Maine. I moved to Tennessee in high, like, uh, beginning of high school, and then I got stationed in Florida. I've been in Florida ever since. I've been in Florida over a decade uh oh, wow. so kind of, what, what part of Tennessee and part of Florida obviously I'm not asking you a specific town trying to dox yourself but like roughly nah.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm a complete open book identity on social media and chose to be that way from the start uh, so uh, Tennessee I was actually sent to Tennessee because I was um, a problem child so I went to live with my relatives up there in Kingsport so it was Upper okay. East Tennessee and yeah, the mountains.
0: Green County is beautiful up there. So beautiful!
1: Oh I my God, it. I used <laughs> I used to go driving out in Green County every weekend just to kind of get my head straight. You mm. know,
0: yeah. it's
1: gorgeous.
0: Yeah, no, my and fun fun then was the uh, mountains. It was beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, there's nothing like it. the The mountains in East Tennessee, Western uh, North Carolina, and then up through Kentucky and West Virginia are just to die for like I I wouldn't move back there in a heartbeat easily.
0: Oh, I would too. I, 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 you know, me and my wife been kicking the idea of trying to figure out a way to kind of make that happen for a while now. But I mean, I do like Florida as well. It is a, you know, I mean, especially which we'll kind of get into some of the like the COVID stuff. It's been pretty conducive. I mean, no matter for what I, my beliefs in the matter. And I'm assuming from your background, probably you may have similar takes as well. Uh, I'm assuming you're probably not a big, huge DeSantis fan, but for that aspect of them, uh, you know, like I, i have been very pleased and been very happy i just so happened to be here uh you know compared to other places uh but i kind of want to get into uh, off the top because this is kind of what connected us and you did an episode uh with with a friend of mine i feel like it's safe to probably call him a friend at this point i, mean, I would not say really close friends but we're, we're you know a little bit we're more than acquaintances me and uh richard uh and mm-hmm. you know i don't normally like to cover drama stuff uh, i have in the past and i just kind of just don't like it much but uh, being uh, the kind of the subtext of the situation is kind of an implication on the credibility of Richard and the fact I've done kind of a massive series uh, and I'm very grateful for Richard on that on the OKC. Uh, it's probably been one of the biggest, I mean, aside from maybe the couple of the few appearances I've had of Dave Smith, it's probably been one of the uh, biggest boons for my show. Uh, really the, that, uh, that series. So I'm grateful to him. And I've also just been, uh, it's been enthralled just going you know, going through all that with him. So I, I kind of want to I mean I know a lot of this too. we can talk about it I just kind of want to briefly cover it too because it may or may not affect my channel because uh, and, and also I know a lot of people who follow me probably may have seen some of this stuff. you follow me on social media because you know if you follow me, you may follow Richard or you may see some of his stuff because I liked it or, or whatever. So I did want to clear this up for some people because like I said it's a huge a huge series of him and this kind of has implications of his credibility. Uh, so I kind of want to get you have kind of get you to kind of break down the situation and we'll just kind of briefly talk about, it. I don't want to linger on this too much, but I think it's worth bringing up to my audience. So they know, I will say I'm very biased <laughs> admittedly with Richard. <laughs> I like Richard, uh, you know, and from the bits I've seen, uh, I, I'm not friends with Wendy. So maybe if I was friends with her, maybe I'd be more biased towards her, but I, I'm definitely uh, team Richard. Uh, if, if I'm going to be a team, I'll, you know, lay my cards on the table there. Um, you know, but I will say at the end of the day, I'm uh, an honest enough person to admit, I don't know, maybe, maybe at the end of the day, maybe, maybe there is something to everything that's going on with the one side. And, uh, you know, I'd say anytime when you're dealing with especially parapolitics, anything where you kind of have to take a lot of people's word, or, you know, or research, you know, I, you do need to kind of take things a grain of salt and always recognize there's a possibility they could be wrong. So I am in no way trying to say every word Richard Booth ever says on my OKC series is the gospel truth. And I don't think Richard mm-hmm. says that either. But I do think there are implications when you're talking about credibility and that kind of people people could people could jump to conclusions and be like, oh, well, it's just he's just some hack. And uh, this whole this whole series is completely trash because of that or something. I know how people people's minds operate. So if you could, could you just kind of give a quick recap of that situation and maybe we can talk a little bit? Like I said, I don't want to linger. But, um, you know, I kind of want to let people know, be up front. I do want to let people know I I likely will be having Richard come back on the future. I know there was a moment it was kind of up in the air because he was kind of debating even getting out of it. I don't know where he stands Mm -hmm. right now. Uh, It seems to be he's kind of sort of, you know, coming back into space uh, because that's my vibe. I don't know. He could change. There was a moment I got kind of Ted Kaczynski vibes from him. (laughs) 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 He's going to go live in the woods somewhere and uh (laughs) – Yeah, uh, I mean, probably not so much the mail bombs, but <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, um, just the woods part. Yeah, just the woods part. So, but I mean, I do think he's a valuable voice, and I hope he continues to engage in the OKC thing. Like I said, he will be coming. This is a little bit of a uh, spoiler. This isn't a hundred percent, but there's a very, very, very strong chance for my audience uh, that I will likely be getting Jesse trying to do on the show uh, to cover. Uh, particularly his brother's story aspect of that Kenneth trying to do. Uh, and also, and anyone who has done anything about Jesse, he's been battling the U S government of this OKC thing for a long time. So he, and I guess he's about to have a big, I believe it's mid ne, mid, mid, uh, December, end of December next month. So roughly in a month or two, I, this may or may not be happening. Strong chance of it. So I do, cause everyone keeps asking me, when's the next OKC episode? When's the next OKC episode? I'm waiting for the right one because there's no but nobody better to tell Kenneth trying to do a story than his brother, Jesse trying to do. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I just want to let people let people know that. But don't take that as hundred percent, you know, things can fall through. So I don't I, so I hesitate to bring it up, but you know, considering as we're talking about this and everyone's bugging me all the time, do let my audience. But anyways, I'll stop rambling. I, I wanna kinda hear your perspective on the matter. Uh just I guess you can kind of lay out what happened and then kind of your thoughts on the matter.
1: So I don't have I don't have a real sense of the history behind any of this, and I kind of come at this from the same direction you do. Is I'm totally t- team Richard, and I think he's awesome. I started bumping in on bumping into him online on Twitter, uh, talking about OKC stuff, and like I, when I first noticed that that people were actually researching this that like younger people were actually getting into it I was amazed because I was like oh my god these questions have always been out there this has been something that I've been interested in since it happened on the wall behind me there's a piece of stained glass hanging up right there and that that stained glass was a gift from a um a a husband and wife that I worked for at an advertising agency. And they were, they had met in uh, the 101st, jumping out of uh, airplanes with parachutes on. They were big military people. And uh, uh, their extended family were in special forces. So they, they were just military to the hilt. And when the day that the bombing happened, me and the uh, owner, the husband, kind of had it back and forth about. He was like, "Oh, this is definitely a Middle Easterner," and I'm like, "No, this is domestic." And uh, because I turned out to be right, he like gave me a piece of stained glass, which was super sweet. But what happened after that, of course, is over the years, as more information became available, I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm not right about this." This There's more to the story like, yeah, it seems domestic, but that wasn't the whole part of it. And I think that that's fascinating because it aligns with this whole uh, um, Gladio, uh, you know, kind of piece of things that I'm really interested in right now. And so with Richard, what I got from talking to him is that. Uh, Honestly, I think this comes down to process. I think this comes down to uh, the way that researchers interact with each other when they're working on something that is super important to them and super important to other people, and there's a lot at stake. And it sounds to me like there were some documents that were uh, at issue that – may have been promised to one person or the other and uh and and that didn't happen the way that it was supposed to happen or it happened differently and that caused uh a a rift in the relationship that's that's the way i'm kind of seeing this would you think the vibe i'm getting too is Maybe I'm
0: off. Did you Do you get the vibe that maybe there's a differing philosophy when it comes to the possession of documents or the release to the public? Like I kind of got a, a vibe there. Uh, I mean, that's not 100%. Because I, I know Richard's very much like a almost like an Assange type thing. Like, all out there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, that's, that's a good kinda, point. Yeah, like, that's the vibe I get. And I'm not saying that Wendy is necessarily saying no one should ever have it. Maybe you could make a case she's more meticulous. I don't, I don't know. I don't know her personally, but Yes, uh, you know, I get the vibe, and I'm not saying that Richard's at all releasing documents when he shouldn't be, but I do think he's more like kind of like, can we, can we, kind of deal. That's the vibe I get, you know. But. That
1: is a really good point, point. <clears throat> and I think we kind of talked around that issue when I had Richard on my show, uh, but I didn't really put it together like that. But you're right. His thing is that he's. Collected all of these documents and um, news clippings and made a timeline that he's making available to people. And uh, it's been so popular that he can't keep up with the orders, you know, and getting the, um, the little uh, jump drives out to people with all of the files on them. And that could very well be. But I don't know yeah. for sure. Uh, but I do get a sense that this is a political like no not political but like a professional a professional disagreement where something is at stake that matters a lot I think to Wendy in terms of her ability to do her job or maybe put out a new book or something like that um that that's kind and then so I don't understand what i don't understand is and this probably just comes down to personalities is what i don't understand is why she uh went super personal on richard and you know uh aired out some old dirty laundry that was very hurtful to him it just seemed to me to be Uh, Well, unnecessary for sure. But um, to me, as somebody who's looking in from the outside, that made me really kind of want to step away a little bit from from Wendy, you know, and 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 I didn't want to step away from the whole thing because I really like Richard, you know, so I wanted to give Richard the opportunity to kind of speak to what was going on.
0: And I do want to say real quick on Wendy's behalf, I, like I said, me and you, I guess clearly both have a better relationship with Richard. So I don't know. But and I also want to be very clear to say it seems I haven't read her book, uh, but I know, you know, for one, Richard has, you know, I, as many episodes he's done. I, can't, I probably couldn't count how many times he's brought up her books and the uh, great research she's done and, you know, what, you know, how big of a deal she is to all of this. Uh, she definitely would probably be in the hall of fame of you know uh, OKC people, obviously. Like trying to do, you have, like, mm-hmm. dude, you have uh, uh, got JD Charles. J- did, I, did I mess that up? JD Charles. You have a um, uh, no JD Cash. Uh, Roger Charles. I mixed up the two. <laughs> all right, then you know there's multiple names in there, and she's definitely probably top ten, if not top five. Uh, you know, and she's definitely a big deal and done a lot of work. So I'm not trying to all take away from that at all. Uh, you know, that, that so, you know, it, 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 it this does seem to be like just some sort of personal weird tiff going on. I I, I don't know. Um, like you said, he she did kind of air a lot during laundry. I, I just didn't understand where it's coming from. I mean, she could be completely it could be one of those things where she's completely right in the thing she was saying. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it was like kind of a time and place thing, like just very completely disproportionate. For those who aren't aware, he kind of made like a kind of Fed posty uh, type of tweet. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of semi-related to, okay. See, I don't remember even the specifics. It was very, you know, it, I mean, I, I think, uh, I remember he made two tweets. Uh, the and They were kind of almost like a thread. And uh, the first one I was kind of like, okay, that's kind of funny. I kind of chuckled. And the second one I was like, okay, you're riding the line a little bit. Uh, and that's what she kind of got iffy about. Uh, and whatever, I can understand that. But it was like the kind of. You know the nth degree that she jumped to, immediately bringing up some sort of situation that happened five years ago. They've had a pretty, you know, fairly close working relationship in the period of time. Apparently, according from talking to Richard, this isn't the first time she's aired it out on public forums like this. Uh, so it's weird that like they will kind of be completely fine, completely fine, and then I, he'll I don't know like kind of some minor infraction, and then boom, just blows it up. So I, I think for this one it was kind of almost a. I guess kind of Richard got really upset with this one. Just kind of, it was just this repeating thing that's happened multiple times. Uh, Is my, I mean, and to be fair, I I don't have anything to back up the repeated other than, you know, Richard's word. But I obviously know this isolated situation. It was weird. She brought up this situation where uh, I'm trying to remember the specifics. Maybe you'll remember the specifics a little bit better than I will. Uh, it was something along the lines of she said that years ago he. Uh, he said something along the lines of like, a, I guess he essentially sort of threatened some uh, a person she was going to talk to for information, but it was a threatening. I actually saw all the screenshots. I think he put these all out public. He also showed them to me. I don't think he would mind me saying that because I'm pretty sure all the stuff he ended up putting out public anyways, but he, he, essentially this was years ago and this was, she was going to go meet up privately with some Nazi guy or something, somebody that was kind of related to a lot of these characters Mm -hmm. and uh he kind of was like hey you know like don't you don't you dare you know if anything happens to wendy i'll fucking kill you type deal like you know very much like threatening her and it it did kind of come off from like a endearing kind of almost borderline in love with her type thing which i think he even may have said or implied before he was very much a kind of doted on her in that way Mm -hmm. Uh, so like and so he was just protective. Uh, and you know, I, I think it was probably you know, I mean overstepping a little bit and I think he would even admit that. and I think he has admitted that. Uh, and then I she kind of blew up at him in that situation later for doing that, saying that he kind of ruined her her setup there, uh, saying she kind of he kind of undermined it and he you know, kind of was you know and kind of fucked up. and you know he's admitted, apologized for this. He said he did um and uh, then i guess she completely got really nasty i've never seen the specifics of the shit she said to him but apparently he did say that he was had a drinking problem at the time and he did kind of make veiled threats kind of like uh, or or not even veiled like uh uh, you know explicit i guess kind of that she he would like i don't know uh, i forget the specifics something along the lines i think it it was kind of like something like we call the FBI or some shit, which, you know, too, I will say right. completely out of line. And Roger said completely out of line. This was a long time ago. He's apologized since then. There's been nothing but a saint in the meantime from what I've seen. So yeah. Is, yeah. You know, let me know if I got anything wrong or characterized incorrectly. Is that the vibe you got? Uh, that anymore?
1: is totally the vibe I, I got. And what I would add is that uh, there was a period of time in there where, uh, where he was going through a divorce and that's when you know when this uh uh, issue with drinking drinking and divorces to two big d's they kind of go together um anytime someone is going through drinking divorce death or drugs you know they're they're going to say and do some things that are uh uh, not normal and you know i kind of this is just me uh, because I, I I've been through a divorce, and no matter how you want to enter into a divorce, you know if you think you're going to go into it and all be nice guys to each other, it's never gonna. It doesn't end up that way. Uh, things always go sideways, and people always get broken for a while. And I had that experience, and you know when I found out that that was part of his story right when all of this was happening, right when all these screenshots, you know, were being taken. And I was like, you know, you really can't, you really can't uh, ascribe much to that because that's somebody who's in pain and that's someone who's going through something that is transient, you know, you go through a divorce, you get over it, you move on. And you know, it just so happened at the time that that he was devoting energy to this project that uh, Wendy intersected with. And so, you know, she was getting some of that, you know, flotsam and jetsam off of him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so so I think the two things are separate. I think that there's this, this business that happened way long time ago, and it's all very unfortunate. And, uh, and God knows I wouldn't want any of my shit brought up from my divorce. (laughs) You know, who knows what we said to each other, um, or that I said to other people. Um, and, and then you have this thing that's happening now with some new materials. And I forget the name of the, of the researcher who passed away. Was it, um, Roger, Roger Charles. Yeah. Um that's going to be a treasure trove and that's something of enormous value to anybody who is doing this work so I feel like the stakes are very very high on Wendy's side and I don't really see what I don't understand is I don't really see where <laughs> it's not like Richard is trying to scoop anybody it's not like yeah. he's like you know, saying like, uh, I would like to also have access to those documents so that I could publish something. I don't think he's in, into publishing at all. I think I his agree. whole thing is just sort of like archiving.
0: Yeah, he does sub stacks occasionally. But even then, it's not like, it doesn't seem to be usually it's like scoops type stuff or new information. It's more just like kind of a uh, re, re, um, processing old information, kind of putting out for people for now. Uh, so it's not like this, this, uh, this information that uh, all these documents or something, he's trying to get some sort of inside scoop on that, the way he mm-hmm. can be like, you're like the first guy and be like, look, this is what I publish in this, you know, bombshell report it's You know, he, he, from, I, he's very much a, uh, I don't even think he'd be upset. He's a, he's a prime autist. Like I, I, you know, me and him have, you know, gone back and forth in DMs talking about this thing, that thing. And he, he. He does not hold back on how he feels about this stuff. He's very much his, he really cares more. Like I can just tell from talking to him so much, I've talked to him a lot uh, about how much he cares about this. And his prime focus is just getting this stuff out to people and actually bringing up new researchers. He's very much always hesitant to put the spotlight on himself. Really? Uh, If anything, he's usually trying to put it on others. Uh, He's not really this hot, like spotlight hog that, um, I mean, I, it seemed to be Wendy t- tried to imply slightly, uh, which to me honestly kind of came off as projection. Although I will say uh, she is worthy of a lot of that spotlight. I'm not saying mm-hmm. she isn't. She's done a mm-hmm. lot of work. She's, But I also think that might feed into the psyche a little bit where like, look, look at all that I've done, uh, you know, possibly. I mean, I'm kind of like, you know, kind of speculating a little bit. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, he, that's not Richard at all. Uh, I mean, I, that's not the vibe I've ever gotten. And it would be weird, as much as we mean him, have communicated. If that was, if he was somehow concealing the side of himself the entire time that he's secretly trying to uh, embellish himself in some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never gotten that vibe. If anything, he kind of shies away from it. If it, there's been times, because like I said, I've done this series. There's been times he hasn't want to cover stuff because he's like well, I don't really feel like I have that that good. Maybe you should get somebody who knows this better or something like that, because that's not really my specialty. Like, mm-hmm. as opposed to just being like, well, I'll do it and do a subpar job. That way I can get the spotlight. It's not him at all, uh, you know. So,
1: yeah,
0: I, yeah, it's very unfortunate. I mean, I guess to go, also to go back on that, uh, the the exchange with Wendy, it, it, the, the vibe I got from it, I know from our circle of people being like kind of parapolitics, that type stuff, uh, like everyone's going to probably like, because I mentioned the Fed thing. They kind of threatened the Fed. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, glowy, 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 glowy. And and really the vibe I got from understanding more of the context was just really it was, you know, like I said, there was this malicious interaction, uh, according to him, uh, between him and Wendy after he kind of blew uh, some sort of opportunity she had. Uh, And she said a lot of very hurtful, spiteful things. And he uh, clearly seemed to look up to her as like a hero. And it very much broke his heart during a, a part where he's already vulnerable and during divorce. And it just it literally did kind of come off as like a lover's quarrel between them. I'm not saying they were lovers, but this almost spiteful thing. Anyone anyone who's been alive for any significant amount of time and has had, you know, decent uh, amount of, you know, engagements and relationships, especially romantic. Uh, you get in arguments and you get to times where you're just saying stuff to hurt each other. Uh, mm-hmm. and just being spiteful and trying to cut at each other in whatever way, you know, will hurt them the most. So that was yeah. the vibe I got from that is he was just being fight spiteful because he was hurt. And I feel like yeah. he'd probably agree with me if he was here. Uh, but you know, on that aspect of it, it was just, it was just, he was looking for something to kind of stick a dagger in the heart.
1: Yeah, I, I've, um, There's there's group there's, you know, dyads and triads of people who go through these kind of things. And so there's there's married couples and then there's romantic uh, couples, there's friendships and then there's creative endeavors. And I've seen creative endeavors uh, fall into these kinds of conflicts over and over again. I've seen it happen in 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 bands uh uh, my 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 ex was a professional musician and his band was always going at each other from one direction or another and that band would go at it with another band you know like so there would be like that other kind of internecine kind of competition and uh, uh sniping and you see it all the time in, uh, creative work and advertising agencies where, you know, if you're the creative director, so like I was creative director a lot in the, uh, smaller agencies that I worked in, you always had the people underneath you gunning for you, you know, and if you were, um, you know one of a of a few creatives in another group you're going to have people who are going to try to take you down you know and stab you in the back so that you're not a threat to them uh, there's all these different kinds of ways that creative endeavors can can go sideways and i feel like the most important piece of this is that uh that there was a crunch time in here right where all of this started where i believe that's where the files became available and um either a, an interview or something some piece of production wendy was in the process of putting out some or putting together some piece of production so i feel like she she felt crunched uh she felt under pressure and uh And for whatever reason, you know, Richard kind of walked into that line of fire somehow. But I'll tell you what, I didn't read because I kind of felt like this was uh, people kind of airing things and, you know, saying things in the heat of the moment. I didn't go back and read them and I didn't pay much attention to it because I feel like I wanted to give them the kind of privacy or dignity of just sort of having their own conversation over here and you know just kind of staying out of it um not because it not not necessarily because it makes me feel uncomfortable like uh like gawking but I just didn't want to add any more pressure because it just seemed like they were both already under so much pressure so I just kind of you know pulled away from it or whatever but i do think so i've i've kept up a little bit with what's been going on with richard in the last few days and you know he was locked down for a while and so he's he's no longer locked down his account and he's um micro you know i'm tweeting more on all of this stuff and it seems like it seems like things have kind of leveled out, which I think is great. Um, And also I noticed that um, Nuts and Bolts, Boltzmann is fixing to publish something really big. And so, you know, the beat goes on either way, which is fantastic. You know, none of this got in the way of anyone being able to do their work. And as far as I can tell, relationships weren't, um, weren't destroyed here, it was more like a bump in the road,
0: yeah. It seemed to be my impression was all the characters that mattered. And because, uh, you know, I'm I guess I'm somewhat kind of connected, I'm not fully connected into that conspiracy side of Twitter, and I don't say that conspiracy in a negative way of, at all. Uh, it seemed to be all the characters kind of mattered. Yeah, there are a few anonymous accounts that kind of, and not saying anonymous is bad, I'm you know, I operate under a pseudonym, uh, but um. Uh, the old, you know, there were a few minor characters that seemed to be kind of li- would sh- shit on uh, Richard. It seemed to be more that Richard got more shit than Wendy really did. Uh, Wendy got a little bit, uh, not much. Uh, it was it was pretty contained, but it seemed to be most of the major characters stayed out and kind of understood that hey, there's something going on. And I I, I, I think your mentality is actually correct. Uh, the, the only reason I re- I actually did pay attention to everything just because I kind of wanted to have a, uh, a you know a lot of context to all of this. Uh, you know, know what's going on because like i said i have that series and it's kind of like you know well what, yeah. what does this mean for that what are people going to think uh you know am i going to get blitz because I, I just i want to be informed if someone's going to you know kind of come at me and be like oh you had this uh clear fed on your show or some bullshit like that so i can be like whoa 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 uh you know right. I, I think there's far too more to it like uh like one aspect i do want to bring up he's uh you know the, there was almost this inner circle uh but the vibe i'm getting between wendy uh Uh, Roger and uh, or not uh, Richard, not Roger and Roger, Roger Charles. And and then also, I guess, to some extent, I I don't know to what extent uh, it it also uh, Jesse, which, you know, is a major, major character. Right. You know, if anything, I'd say Mm -hmm. he's probably like top three, if not the top one hero or like the Hall of Fame guy in in the OKC is Jesse. Um, And yeah, he's even after that, I guess he apologized to everyone after the fact years ago. They still, you know, kind of kept him in the loop. He was still very close to all of them. Uh, like you said, I guess uh, supposedly Roger Charles promised all of this, uh, this documents to uh, Roger or Richard, Richard Roger. I don't know why I keep mixing those up. Uh, ours,
1: it, yeah.
0: <laughs> so they, he, he promised a lot. Of, so this was something they still trusted. They understood. I'm sure they probably. I'm, I'm sure they probably after it happened probably kept him in arms length for a period as well. They should have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. especially because he was going through some stuff. I think during that period of time uh you know they should have let him be but they didn't completely excommunicate him isn't the vibe i got and that's probably mm-hmm. for the best so i mean all the major characters seem to mostly keep them in so anyone who doesn't really and especially if you only have a surface level stuff and i feel like i only really have a surface level uh, uh knowledge of this and i feel like i have more knowledge than the vast majority of people who are looking at this so it's like yeah i wish more people kind of had your mentality of kind of like oh, i don't really know and you know or at least look into it and kind of have an open mind when you look into it and, and see, cause yeah. Uh, I mean, like I said, I didn't really want to cover all this, but you know, I, 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 I feel like it merited bringing up, uh, but I, I well, hate talking you know, about I, drama.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, 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 the good news is that I think that these relationships are still workable i think that the work is still going on mm-hmm. and i don't think I, I i really don't see this you know souring anybody's interest in the in the work interest in the subject matter or or you know interest in the people i feel like you know the, the the people who are doing the work are are just doing the work and you know maybe maybe this can serve as as like an object lesson in terms of you know maybe in the future we won't let this happen because we'll you know talk offline about it or we'll you know keep it out of you know uh, you know uh, off of twitter or you know open up some dms and talk to people directly because this kind of thing could splash back thank goodness it didn't this time but it could splash back into the whole Uh, subject matter and that's what you don't want you don't want to turn people off to looking into okc we have to look into okc we we need answers on this it's about damn time uh so let's not turn people off to that let's you know let's try to take care of those things on the down low and you know um carry on but you know i think it's at the end of the day i still just sort of feel like People are under a lot of stress and especially when you get a big document dump, that's super important and you're looking at it and, you know, you want to be able to put all the important pieces out there as quickly as you possibly can, but you know, your brain doesn't operate that fast. And I think that's when that sometimes when our emotions kick into gear and try to do some work for us. And I just sort of feel like, like, it was something of that nature that was going on, but I certainly don't uh, it, it <laughs> certainly don't hold anything against Richard, and I'm and I certainly have come out of this more certainly not less but more uh, uh, I have more admiration for the people doing the work in the field because everyone is stuck with it and everyone's been really interested in it, and I'll tell you what the there's not been any level of rubbernecking of, or gawking in this uh, space uh, like the kind that I see in, like, left spaces. You know, there's none of the sniping. There's none of the, you know, trying to cut people off at the ankles. Uh, I, I think that people are basically coming from a, a really good place of let's figure this shit out.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like the, the ones doing the work all seem to handle this with maturity. Uh, so I do. I, I'm appreciative of that. And I do think there's an interesting in this like kind of parapolitics type of uh, spot that me and you have sort of found ourselves dabbling in. Uh, I don't know expe- exactly to what degree you dabble in. I'm more of, a I guess, a dabbler. I, uh, you know, uh, my show, I kind of talk about political theory. I kind of talk about conspiracy. I really just talk about whatever folks my boat, like whatever is my interest at the time. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Uh, that's why I'm glad when I build my, my show, I didn't go with like a, and I know you're probably thinking about doing a rebrand. So this isn't trying to be mm-hmm. a slight against you. I know a lot of people do this. Uh, they, and, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. I guess it just depends. It, sometimes it's good to kind of, you know, uh, find a niche corner it, uh, with your branding. But I, from the beginning, I was kind of like, I don't know. I just want to talk about stuff I want to talk about. So, uh, you know, because I, I feel like if I have that uh, energy, like probably 90% of the time, I'm interested in like political theory. But sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I want to cover something else. So I don't want to have to like feel like if I had like, I don't know, the the Liberty Hour or something, I'd feel like I'd have to always talk about it. Uh, Although I'd say even most of the stuff I talk to kind of ties into that. But like, I don't know. Uh, But I guess the kind of point I'm getting is I kind of want to hear about specific. You touched on your political philosophy a little bit but I kind of want to know where you're coming from. I, I'll let you know where I'm coming from. I'm not bringing this up to debate at all. I'm not really, I don't really care. I mean, if, I mean, I don't know if you ever want to bring on a show and we can, I, I don't really care. We can, but I just more. I'm, not a, what you're about. Yeah, I'm I, not a debater. Yeah. I'm not
1: a debater. I, I think that that, I think that debate culture is, um, at the end of the day, it doesn't get you anywhere. Debate culture. Uh, it aims to, to push someone out And make someone a winner. And I think that a better way to go about things is a discussion where both people can kind of come away having learned something maybe that they didn't know before.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think both have their merits. But I do tend to prefer discussions. Although Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie. Every now and then I do like catching like a good like in a formal Oxford style debate or something like that. Those are interesting. Uh, A real
1: one. Yeah, like a real (laughs) one.
0: Or even just like some podcasters, uh, you know, hashing it out. It is what it is. But, you know, I'm not really – I'm not trying to bring you on here and blindside you with some – because I also just – I don't know. I don't kind of care. I'm more interested in, you know, especially speaking to you, kind of the parapolitics type stuff and some other stuff. Well, I do want to touch on some of the Pokey Poke stuff because uh, uh, it's the perfect timing. I just came off a strike, so I don't have to worry about too much. My stuff expired. I had someone on my show who questioned that uh, thing that happens every four years in our nation um, oh, And. and to be, to be up front, I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other on, the, on the, in that thing. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if it ended up being, you know, what I'm not supposed to say on YouTube. Uh, but I also, like, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked on the other. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, you know, on that one particular thing, I think you know what I'm saying. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, um, anyways, I kind of want to know your political philosophy. Where you are coming at? Like, I do want to let you know I'm coming from, if you're familiar with the political compass, you know, the, the grid thing. I'm like firm bottom right, <laughs> like way to the bottom, bottom right, uh, like super libertarian. I'm an anarchist. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm generally kind of culturally conservative ish, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if you have any questions you can ask, I don't, I don't really care. But like generally speaking, that's probably the quickest way to give you an idea where I am. And give you all the labels: libertarian, anarchist, and uh, anarcho capitalist, agorist. You know, all those things apply to me. Uh, but I'm kind of curious where you're coming from, just because uh, I do find it interesting that in this parapolitic space, the kind of all the different hodgepodges of uh, uh, political ideology that kind of come together to be like, this is fucked up. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, uh, okay. So i i come from a I come from a place where. I'm not super, I'm not super interested in my own uh where I where I fit on that grid. Uh every time I I take that grid, I wind up in the bottom left sound, you know, like like Rosa Luxemburg area of things. I don't and, know what it
0: is, just to let you know, I I'm a little blind to that. <laughs>
1: It's a it it's the 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 all the way left and to the all the way for liberties, all the way to the to the other side with the economics. But I don't think that that tells the whole story at all. And so I've been trying to imagine instead of a a grid that's on an x y axis, I've been trying to imagine more of a three dimensional space where you know like uh like like you're into agorism uh, uh, my my master's thesis was a terrible title but i called it the uh homeboy theory and it was it was this idea that i had about uh, ways to organize uh economic units around smaller communities where the emphasis was on your home and all of our homes. Because, uh, you know, something I learned in Marxism is that, you know, all of our labor has been alienated. We take all of our time and we put it over with this people we work for. We lose all of, all of our lives doing that. Wouldn't it be better if we were all living our lives the, the way that we want to around our homes doing the things that are um uh, unalienated you know so like uh kind of skipping all the way to to the end let's say you've got a community of 50 or 100 people and <clears throat> you've got some people who do uh uh craft work or engineering in terms of like uh, electrical stuff. Some people do construction. Some people are great, fantastic cooks. Some people are great at cutting hair. Um, there's, uh, you know, musicians kind of, you know, throughout. You, you've you got an economic unit there. So why not make these economic units stronger and make them work around uh The home setting instead of taking all of that labor and all of that economic power, why are we taking it out of homes and putting it over in, you know, some guy's office way over here? Keep it keep it to yourself and, you know, try to make that value make something for yourself. And I I didn't really understand when I was doing that work in the late 80s, I didn't understand that there was um, uh, forms of anarchism and forms of libertarianism that were already kind of going down that path. And this was also before homeschooling got really big, you know, and like, you know, I, I don't have kids and. Um, my kind of circle of people, uh. there haven't been a lot of kids like around me and but I have known a few people homeschooling and I know that the reasons why they did homeschooling were super valid you know like their kid wasn't thriving in school their kid wasn't learning anything in school and uh and so you know even though that wasn't a huge part of the way I was organizing my thinking around homeboy I recognized that for my theory to work, you had to kind of weave homeschooling into it because you don't keep everyone at home and you don't keep all that value in the home unless your kids are part of this whole economic um, piece. You know, it's all got to be kept together. Uh, So back in the 80s, I was thinking, you know, there's, there's going to be, some disruption and some crisis in our education system where more people do homeschooling and more people go and do some other kinds of forms of you know whatever Uh, unfortunately that's wound up being a lot of private school uh you know which you know if you can afford private school great but you know a good friend of mine when i lived in nashville she was a teacher at the fancy Montessori school there and uh so she taught the children of you know uh musicians you'd know the names of you know like Jack White Mm -hmm. you know kind of people and uh and uh they had this this great vibe going on like like the kids did the, the kids cleaned their their classrooms. They they cooked the food. They they went and they did the thing where they um, uh, went to a, a community farm and uh, uh, picked a cow you know, and had that you know took the cow and put it in the refrigerator and figured out what to do with it. So everything was kind of integrated into how these kids you know learned how to do stuff. And I was like. Why isn't everybody doing this? You know, I mean, I feel like every kid should have the uh, experience of, you know, taking responsibility for your surroundings like that's so valuable. And if it's if it's valuable enough for celebrities and people with a lot of money to pay a lot of money to do that, for, why aren't we doing that with public schools? And uh, I I have some thoughts on why that's not happening, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's kind of, that's where I came from. And then where I wound up uh, was, you know, trying to, I wound up in all of these left left spaces trying to figure out what the hell they were trying to achieve, because, uh, you know, it seems like, it seems like. Everything, every bunch of people that I was around in since 2011 who were in professional left circles, they didn't question at all what they were doing. They only did what their funders asked them to do and uh, there wasn't much reflection as to whether what they were doing was helping or hurting their cause so it was a lot of what i would just say but i'd just call stupidity (laughs) It was like all over the place and uh and and a lot of susness i mean to be honest because the people who are funding these uh these kind of groups are the rockefellers the ford foundation you know like the Rockefellers are not going to be giving money to people to, you know, actually, uh, liberate people. You know, <laughs> that's this, they're not in that business. They've never been in that business. It
0: is funny how much the left, uh, seems to, uh, get entangled with corporations and these type of people, but they're the ones who preach it. And we, we're, I feel like we had this weird inflection point. Uh, like I said, I come from the libertarian type circles and, uh, don't get me wrong, we've always kind of sort of been aware of that, but there was always this, like, I guess, kind of Ayn Rand aspect too that some people got caught up in where we you have a little bit of an admiration and uh, of, uh, I guess, corporation where, But it seemed to be COVID definitely was this, like, flux point where you're we like, a lot mm-hmm. of people did realize, like, oh shit. Uh, and, and I guess a lot of people were getting more engaged in the, the gig economy. Like I said, I got out of the military. I, uh, you know, I, I'm, you know, I have multiple streams of income now. Like, uh, don't me wrong. I still have your, your, uh, quote unquote wage slave type job, but I also have a bunch of other stuff. I'm, I'm trying to build those streams of revenue up so I can bit back away from that type of stuff. So I can kind of work for myself, it, which is weird. Cause like in a certain way, that's kind of what the lefties, you know, generally kind of collo- colloquially speaking type of type of, you know, generally seem to push for, but there is this weird vibe of. I don't know what, what it is they just feel like we're going to tap into this power and it's going to work for us. Uh, although they're, they're the same ones that are being like, yeah, fuck corporations. And like, it, it is confusing. Uh, you know, and, and it is this weird thing where the right now, a lot of them are like, you know, they were the ones who are kind of for corporations, but a lot of them are kind of moving into things like the gig economy and, and homeschooling and, you know, being anti, uh, you know, pokey poke and stuff like that. <laughs> like, uh, so it is weird. We're in this weird upside down world and, you know, People uh, changing it's,
1: positions. Yeah. It's, it's reversing.
0: Yeah. It's it yeah. weird. So I, I guess that's a good, um, kind of, uh, transition to kind of, I, I want to talk, I, I don't know your full background, but I know, uh, it seems to be, it was a significant thing for you where you end up having to get that thing. They made a lot of, or tried to make a lot of us do. And, and do you end up having issues? Uh, you know, like I said, my strike expires. You don't have to tiptoe around the wording too much. Mm-hmm. I, I already knew we were going to talk about this. I didn't anticipate it. So, uh, but I am kind of curious, uh, you know, kind of, you know, maybe if you want to give you a little bit of backstory and then kind of how mm-hmm. that may have affected the kind of groups you ran in and stuff like that and kind of your larger oh, thoughts.
1: Oh, that's, yeah, that's a rich, that's a rich, uh, a, a rich vein right there. So um, I was... Uh, Little backstory is that I've got a, what is kind of an autoimmune situation. So in 2003, I had a teeny tiny little flu. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I had this um, inflammatory thrombotic syndrome, uh, which I wound up in the hospital with blood clots and autoimmune liver. And then I got an infection in my spine. I ended up in the hospital for four months it's just ridiculous. Um, but I did have a morphine pump for part of that. So that, you know, kind of helped things out. Um, so I had this, this, you know, I knew that that something will, that, that my immune system will get tipped off and will go crazy. So I didn't want to get the thingy. And it got to be about, it got to be about July 29. It got to be about, where we were starting to think about the holidays and how we were going to manage being around the in-laws and the new nephews, brand new nephews, very big deal. And uh, I got talked into taking it. Um, And at the same time as being talked into taking it, I also reached out to uh, the FLCCC, and started the iRecover protocol for ongoing uh, ME-CFS, which is chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, 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 my, myalgic encephalomyelitis, which is, is basically just neuroinflammation. It's your, your brain swells a little bit and it um, makes you sick. So I did them both at the same time. <laughs> And when I went to get the shot and I knew I didn't want to get it, I knew there was a big chance it could make me sick. So I took, I want to say probably three Benadryl before I got the shot and three Benadryl after I got the shot, you know, um, it's just one of those little, uh, tricks that I've learned over the years. Um, you know, Benadryl is what they're going to prescribe you if you're in the midst of having an allergic reaction to something like that. So I was like, let's just get it in my system so that it's, you know, taking care of it. Also, I had been on prednisone for a while before I got the shot. And and I kept having to put off the shot because I was on prednisone. So I was like, maybe I'll just take a little, <laughs> keep taking it, you know, because thinking like this could, afford me some protection from this um uh so you know mild like maybe 20 milligrams of of prednisone a hell of a lot of benadryl i got the shot and i'll tell you what the moment uh i felt it go in my arm it was like three beats like that and i had this it's called an inguinal flush If you've ever had uh, an MRI with contrast, this thing happens. It's called inguinal flush, and it feels it's it's your your inguinals down here in your hips, and and everything gets hot really fast. And it it can feel like you peed your pants, but it's more like it's everything is is hot. Those kind of
0: like groinal, like lymph node type areas. Is that what you're speaking of?
1: Yeah, exactly. It just goes bam, and. I'd felt that a, a dozen times from having MRIs, I, I knew exactly what it was. And, uh, and when it happened, I got this look on my face like, oh shit. <laughs> and the pharmacist or the pharmacy tech was like, are you okay? And I, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'll just let me go. I had to wait the 15 minutes. I didn't pass out. That was all fine. Uh, I spent 10 days with after that just sick 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 you know like the flu sick uh and i expected that i was like I, you know i got one of these shots i'm going to be reactive i'm going to be sick uh and then when i felt better i start feeling i i i felt much better because i had been so sick so i got the shot i was sick 10 days in another nine days is when I had the transient ischemic attack, and it was it was August 15. I I was doing a show and I felt great. I like I felt the best that I had felt since before I took the shot, and um, did the show, closed everything down, and was going to take the dogs for a walk, and uh, um, my husband says to me. Uh, hey, you're, you're, you're walking funny. And I said, what are you even talking about? And he said, you're, you're said, you're, you're listing to port, which, you know, kind of like walking at an angle. And I couldn't tell that I was walking at an angle. And I was like, oh, you're, you're crazy. And I went to put my glasses on. And I noticed that I couldn't see like, like things seem dark around, around my eyes. Like I had tunnel vision, but I thought it was because my glasses were dirty. This is the way your mind kind of thinks is you're just, you know, quickly going through things because you don't think I'm getting ready to have a stroke. So I ignored the, the eyeglasses. I ignored the listing to port. We get the dogs outside, we're walking them. And my husband's still here. Like, you're walking funny. What is wrong with you? And I go to answer him and I said, He said, "You don't know what you're talking about." It was like, like, like slurring, like I'd been drunk. And he's like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. Leave me alone." You know, like slurring. And um, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that anything was untoward because I was euphoric. Like through all of that, I was. I don't even know how to how to compare it to anything because i don't think i've had a, 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 a alcohol or drugs of any kind that equaled the way that i felt it was incredibly euphoric and i've heard people talk about this before when they when they have strokes uh, it depends on what side of your brain it's it's happening on We got the dogs about a quarter mile away from the house and I lost the feeling in the left side of me, like from, from my, from my foot all the way up to my shoulder. And that's when the light went on and I said, Oh shit, this is a stroke. (laughs) This is a motherfucking stroke. We got to go home. We got to go home now. I've got to lie down. And all of this stuff was going through my like, Uh, you know if this is connected to the shot then I, i'm gonna get shitty uh sorry i'm cussing all over the place but i was afraid That's i'd fine. be treated this bad because, at the- this is safe cussing <laughs> okay <laughs> i was afraid i was going to be yeah. treated bad at the hospital so it's was just like just let me s- lay down and see if this passes and i laid down and and went to sleep and woke up the next day and i was i, I was okay i was still alive um but it scared the hell out of me you know and that feeling of tenuousness has stayed with me so like I, I changed my uh my my name and my handle to say uh uh Brook hines has the existential willies because it was true it's like for weeks after that i would wake up uh in the middle of the night with my heart racing thinking that i was going to die in my sleep you know like that type of thing Just this existential weirdness um, yeah, and so the way that that impacted my gang, so I had been kind of pulled into this whole like um Bernie DSA world, you know, like a few years ago, uh, and I didn't really think of it one way or the other. I didn't think of it as DSA people. I didn't really think of it as Bernie people. I knew a lot of the folks from uh, forum that i used to hang out on called democratic underground a gajillion years ago um so i felt pretty comfortable with with most of the people um but there were some new folks who were very active in terms of like putting people into dm groups and and, and then like making dm groups off of those dm groups and then mo- more off of that and the hell are you know why is all of this stuff going on behind the scenes i think i figured it out but um uh the folks who were doing that were more of these dsa organizers and people have like a real agenda you know and stuff it wasn't just like people farting around doing their thing like me is people who have a vision or a goal or something that they're working towards and um and so when this happened to me um i felt like kind of as a political thing that because i've I've got this underlying illness and and you know i, I consider myself part of the chronic pain and mecfs community on twitter that I needed to share that information because I had looked for information about the shots and my underlying conditions and couldn't find any. So I wanted people to know that that was my experience. When I did that, all of these like DSA types um, started coming at me like really hard. And um, uh, people like Tina Desiree Burke who works for Status Quo uh and you know has has a thing going with uh what's her name who used to work with status Quo, uh and she's always like uh you know trying to get um either police or um uh white supremacists to to you know start a fight with her and get it on film like she's she's got this kind of like journalism thing going on where she thinks she's like uh infiltrating uh white supremacy groups more power to her whatever um she gets in my dms and she said that uh i i had liked a tweet where someone had said something about natural immunity <laughs> and i was and so she was she was a. Uh, policing my speech to the point of this was just me liking somebody's tweet and and i was like okay first of all it, it, immunity exists because what do you think a vaccine is actually working with here you know it's not working with your you're nicer than me <laughs> if first
0: of all Fuck you! Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I can't stand that sort of behavior. I mean, even if we disagree, it's like what a, a Like, I mean, that could have been a slip of the thumb. Why are you coming to me about this? Oops, sorry.
1: We're gone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're gone. And, and it, you know, and and I'm and the 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 last thing I said to her was, um, um, how did I put it? Uh, I said, "You want to back off of this." You just want to not do this. Uh, And and because I wanted to let her know, I saw what she was doing and I'm not going to play that game. Um, So the next thing that happened was uh, Lee Carter. Remember Lee Carter, the redheaded guy who was the socialist who won the uh, state Senate seat in Virginia?
0: Uh, these circles are, uh, I'll be straight Most of these names you're putting, I'm trying to think. And then, yeah, these, these are not circles I'm familiar with, but you he, can go on.
1: <laughs> he's, he, his partner is Ultraviolet Ray on, on Twitter. And she's been in like all of this drama, like everywhere she goes, it's just drama, drama, drama. And um, we were in a chat group together and she was like um, trying to start shit with me in the group. And so I tried to take it out of the group because I was like, you know, that's not cool. You don't want to, you know, do this sort of thing. Don't do this sort of thing here. Talk to me personally, you know, take it outside of the group, because what you're doing is you're trying to turn people against me or you're going to end up turning people against you, you know, whatever. Well, she ended up just like completely breaking up the whole group and there and exposing herself and all of these other people as you know just complete authoritarian you know fucking assholes I mean because here I am I'm just basically saying look this is my underlying situation this is what happened to me be aware of it and they're like oh you're causing vaccine hesitancy and that makes you a white supremacist racist asshole and like all of this crazy bullshit and I was just like you know okay so I don't need you, 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 you know, like all of these people who are part of this, this group. And, you know, kind of, kind of as a callback to, to my divorce situation, I learned back then that what you do when you're in situations where you're surrounded by people like that is, you know, you just walk the other direction, you know, you don't have <laughs> there, there, there's, there's no reason in the world why I needed any of those people in my life. There's no reason in the world why I needed to put up with people treating me like that. And I'm not going to feel bad about blocking them, and you know, just moving on. and yeah, I think and more uh, people should
0: block more. Although there are some people who go crazy with it, but you know, uh, I do think generally speaking, if someone is, uh, in your opinion, not it, is being a burden on your life, it's, it's the internet. Like
1: who cares? Who cares? <laughs> who cares? And you know what? If it, it, I've I've blocked people either on mistake or um use block I've used black chain on NAFO guys, but um and then caught a few people that didn't need to be in that and I apologize and unblock them. Uh, I'm
0: very liberal
1: about unblocking as well. If someone oh, comes is yeah.
0: like, why'd you block me? I'm sorry, blah blah, blah. okay unblock, I'll almost unblock immediately. You oh, know, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Especially
1: yeah. if someone's going to ask you to. Right. Yeah. Uh, it shows good faith. Mm-hmm. And uh so then the next thing that happened was uh Tina Desiree Berg got Graham Elwood to attack me because I had, I had uh, posted a reply and some tweet of his. And that's where the whole Graham Elwood thing came up from. Uh, and, uh, so he, he compares my having a mini stroke to his ex-girlfriend, not being able to take zinc. It was just this absurd, you know, argument that he got into. He had to go on the Jimmy Dore show to, you know, explain all of this. It was this whole big, stupid blow up thing. Anyway, people have lost their minds. People who had been long and short of it, people who had been rational, Uh, people that i considered rational people that i considered friends people that i considered you know uh if you needed something you could ask for it you know you could be like you know hey could uh, i i have a gofundme that i would like you to participate in you know i could kind of count on for that kind of thing uh just absolutely had no problem Turning on a dime and being like, "You're Satan incarnate himself," <laughs> you know, I'm like, "Oh, well, okay." Because I because I nearly died taking the stupid shot, you know. Then then you know that that's going to be your your response. That's a, that's that's not okay. Has
0: Graham? I, uh, I just looked him up because that name sounded familiar. Graham, was probably the only person I'm actually familiar with. You mentioned. I know he's like a was or is a Jimmy Dore type contributor. Cause you mentioned Jimmy Dore. as he come yeah, around man. on this. Uh, has he gone a little bit better or, or cause I, I cause like, I'm not again, I understand people getting caught up in the fervor of all that stuff going on to that period of time and, you know, having strong opinions and kind of coming around. I think we were all in the dark. I think if you, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I knew more than most, but even then I'm still in the dark. There was a period of time where I was very much like, I didn't know what was going to come to hit us. I was very much like, you know, right. my family was like we're eating healthy we're working out like you know i started working out like crazy got really good shit because i was just like I don't, I don't know i don't know what this is so i need to be in the best you know possible condition so i mean i, I don't hold it against people but you know i'm it's one thing if you're still at this point indignant about it i'm just kind of curious mm-hmm. if a lot of these people have come around i guess just i guess graham kind of just brought that point up because i know he was a jimmy Dore guy i don't know if he's still you know interacting with them or or not
1: he no he he uh he was jimmy door's like sidekick for many years and uh this is this is something that is ate up hollywood you know like uh um and and this feeds into the left institutional thing that i'm, I'm fixing to publish on uh the uh uh I mentioned this in uh, in the piece I just published. As a matter of fact, that there was 249 pages released on the public information uh, program that Health and Human Services did, and in, as part of that, they enlisted talent agencies. Uh, talent management groups you know all of these hollywood people they they enlisted them in this messaging campaign and so what happened it with people like elwood is that uh if they wanted to be considered uh um for for roles if they wanted to be considered for gigs they had to play this game where they were you know all 100 percent in with the with the shots and everything um but Jimmy Dore got a, va- a vaccine injury. Jimmy Dore got a uh, neuritis, uh, neck pain. Uh, I, it's like cipital neuritis, which is the same thing that I got as a, um, uh, a lingering feature of this. And, uh, and he also has an underlying condition. So he tried to figure out what was going on. Pretty much found the same things I did. Pretty much followed the same protocols I did, and uh, I think got the same existential willies that I got because he's he's still he's on the story. He's stayed on the story, and he's stayed on the story in a way that I think has been very smart and uh, and has added something to the discourse rather than you know just kind of duking it out but um he brought graham elwood onto the show to hash out this thing with the tweets with me and elwood was just it was just embarrassing for him you know this was somebody that that i liked i actually saw him live once you know because i liked him and uh used to catch his live streams um, and yeah, just, just really what the hell, uh, I wanted to say what, it, it, what you said about in the beginning, you know, in the beginning there was the flat and the curve and, and, and that first short lockdown, people were into that, man, we were into that. You know, like I remember the last couple of days of February, I went to the grocery store there were no root vegetables. There was no pasta. People were like prepping like crazy, you know? So I got like, you know, a month's worth of food and I was ready to just hunker down and stay home, which we did gladly. And we did that and we had shit deliver you know like did that thing where people like buy your groceries for you and they deliver them and then we washed everything in the sink all of that we gladly did that you know we're all pitching in and uh you know even up until taking the the shot knowing that it could really damage me with my immune system still part of the whole you know trying to you know take one for the team you know be a team player um it just is a certain point where uh, uh, an accumulation of these experiences and things not working has to get through to people. And we have to, if we want to improve things, if we want to improve our outcomes with COVID. And I hope that that's what, we're, what we want to do in the long run is improve these outcomes,
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like even me, I I never agreed with any sort of mandates or anything ever. uh Just because you know where I'm coming from, I'm full anarchist libertarian. Like it's just kind of like, you no, you miss me with that shit. But I was even initially, I was kind of like, I I was kind of like, you know, being considerate because like I didn't know what the hell we were dealing with. But you know, once more information came in, I kind of you know changed things a little bit. I definitely did kind of buck the trend, but. There was definitely a, a period of time where the information was not there. And the people who try to act like, you know, all tough and like like that wasn't the case, kind of feel like you're a little bit of full of shit. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, that, that, there definitely, that definitely was a thing. I, it was like I was concerned. I have a wife. I have kids. I didn't know how this is. I mean it is kind of funny you brought up the, the fact of your young kids it, it's funny one of the first things we ended up finding out is it didn't really affect the younger people so much it did affect older people so that is a, that definitely was something to be considerate of uh, you know with the older folks I live in a, uh, I live in a uh, you know I live in Florida and I kind of look I'm kind of near a lot of retired people so you know that was something I took into consideration um. Yeah. Uh, let's finish this off. Towards you know, we're getting, we've been in here for a minute. I've been really enjoying this conversation, so I'm kind of losing track of time. Uh, I kind of want to touch on uh, you know, me and you are kind of like uh, you know, we met to pair politics, uh, like the kind of you know conspiracy type stuff. So kind of like curious, what kind of stuff have you covered? Uh, and I'm also kind of curious how deep down the rabbit hole do you really go? <laughs> like, uh, so I I guess this is kind of, an, I guess an opportunity for you to plug if you have covered a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm kind of curious what kind of rabbit holes you've dug down because I, I always am interested where people have dug into. There's so many, you know, once you start going down these holes, it, it's, there's so many different aspects that go like, you know, fucking OKC ties into gladio which you know then uh, or and then you know which ties into uh it also ties into mockingbird which also ties into mk ultra which ties into the and you know these sound like kooky crazy stuff but like if you are coming from actually knowing like you know researching these things you're like no they're they're fucking documents to bag this stuff these are like most of this stuff is like established facts that people just ignore <laughs> or aren't aware of. And, and then people that, you know, do, are aware of it just get painted as kooks. Although there, are, there is, like, people do start connecting dots that probably are pushing the lines of logic and do get into kook territory. But I'm, I, just, I guess I'm kind of curious, you know, what you've covered, you know, where, what kind of things interest you, et cetera, et cetera. You know, feel free to run with it whichever way you want.
1: So um, I grew up on the Space Coast, uh, right near the air force base, there near, near Patrick, and um, you know, so I grew up watching the uh rockets go off, and um, we got out of school to watch rockets go off, we got out of school to watch the shuttle go off the first time. Uh, that is part of like who I am, and I realized when I was in college
0: that, that space is fake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <Go on. laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I realized in college that this was all cold war that that you know this is the that that whole program and you know i was i was really into disarmament uh, when i was in college because i was uh certain we were all gonna die in a nuclear, nuclear war nuclear
0: nuclear disarmament specifically
1: mm-hmm. okay just clear right. yeah yeah no the the whole no nukes thing um and so when you start peeling back the layers of the Cold War, things get really crazy really quick. So like one of the things was, I always wondered why there was all these German restaurants in Cocoa Beach, <laughs> like what what's the connection with Germany and Cocoa Beach? Well, the freaking, you know, at, 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 what the hell is his name? Who was the um, director of NASA, who was a SS officer. Uh, it starts I with a g i think
0: i know you're talking about it it's like it's really irritating me i can't think of the name i know this is obviously operation paperclip you're getting at but i know yeah. specifically are you talking about werner von braun you, or
1: werner von braun was the one who who was the uh, rocket scientist who yeah. was the head of everything yeah. and then they, they put this actual ss officer in charge of nasa just like <laughs> from the the jump just from the jump and so so, you know so there's funny how
0: they paint them as like hapless scientists that were stuck in nazi but or nazi germany but no some of them were straight up nazi
1: just straight (laughs) up straight up and uh it, it and the it's funny the older i get the more i realize that there's these little pockets all throughout the country where um where these where these paperclip guys and these post World War II guys got you know uh, moved to or who uh immigrated to so there's there's whole towns in Texas there's whole like Ukrainian areas up in the um northeast and up in Canada and anyway so so you know the rabbit holes that I really enjoy let's let's kind of do it like that i going from the cold war i really love all of the uh uh, nazi diaspora you know like where they came from where they went where are they now because they still are now there's a big question i think as to whether the cold war wasn't world war three itself and just a kind of quiet way um i have a feeling that perhaps the uh This is kind of, you know, going way deep and and kind of giving away, you know, where my head is most of the time. But uh, I have a feeling that after World War II, what we did was we merged with the Nazis. We didn't beat the Nazis. We didn't, you know, uh, just bring a few of them over to run our rocket program and a few bioweapons programs. I think we merged powers with them
0: that's a fun conspiracy i mean i don't i don't know how much i mean it's kind of there's a lot of nuance to that that one like mm -hmm. what what do you mean by that but it is a fun one because there's definitely there's definitely a lot of truth to that but it's like to what extent you know -hmm. it's a gray area but go on
1: (laughs) well and 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 i kind of see so i kind of see conspiracy as um are you are you familiar with michael Parenti?
0: name rings a bell um
1: Michael Parenti is, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about yellow Parenti. So um, Michael Parenti did a a lecture that is on YouTube and the uh, the quality of the video is horrible, and he looks yellow. But what he's talking about is the gangster nature of the U.S. state, and so what he's actually talking about is everything that you know we would consider like conspiracy. But he's he's framing it as, "Look, this is how the U.S. Uh, machine has been structured to work," uh, and it's and it's what Whit- Whitney Webb says too, which is that. Uh, there was a point where organized crime merged with our CIA and other intelligence services, and now big tech, and you can't tell the difference from one from the other. They're just all entwined. Uh, that one, <laughs> yeah, I, and, and you know, and that is so like on point right now with uh, FTX and um, Sam Bankman Freed. And you know what what always going on in there. I've got some thoughts about that. So, but all of the rabbit holes are um, are are fairly interesting to me. My my ex was my ex had seen a UFO when he was a child and had this like whole experience with this. And I remember being trying to be a very serious philosophy student and wanting nothing to do with it. And um, then. When I was in grad school and I was just so freaking tired of, you know, reading super serious uh, theory, uh, I was like, yeah, give me that UFO book. (laughs) I'm going to read everything, you know, about alien abductions and all of this stuff just because it's fun and uh, and try to figure out where it's coming from. Why does this stuff exist? uh so you know like like that's a fun little rabbit hole i love richard dolan and the way that he goes about things because he's got this cold war you know kind of mentality about things that uh that i have for years i have followed jeff wells um who did a blog called rigorous intuition and wrote a blog called uh, or wrote a book Uh, that's rigorous intuition both are great you can still find rigorous intuition online you can still find his book fantastic um i loved it and, and there's a forum and the forum still exists and i loved it because and i still go there and i still use it because people there talk about things that were never in my wheelhouse like about the franklin scandal I ignored that forever. I was like, oh, that's just got to be a bunch of bullshit. Um, but because of, you know, the things that I bumped across or came across in there and bumped into there, I ended up reading that book and I was like, holy crap, there, there really is something here. And um, uh, you know, there there's just other areas that I had just never considered that had to do with um, human trafficking, for instance, is, is is a big theme with rigorous intuition. Definitely something that I didn't uh, consider at the time, and that kind of opened my my uh, uh, mind to you know going in other directions. But by and large, for me, it's the Cold War. It's the are we in the Fourth Reich? what is the u.s really doing now anyway are we really trying to start a war in china and russia at the same freaking time why (laughs) who's doing that
0: we are pushing it to the limit right now i say (laughs) we i don't i mean i don't consider myself part of the we but the the government at large they're playing a dangerous game for sure uh you know uh, one one thing i like to kick around is kind of the uh the great reset theory. And I don't mean the great reset like Klaus Schwab. I mean, like, are they like legit? Just like, Oh, well, if this all goes up in nukes, I get to go underground and whatever. And we'll rebuild after like, <laughs> I don't know. That's one I've kicked around before. Cause they're, uh, uh, you know, Graham Hancock. I know you're sure you're aware of him. I, that, I always find that interesting kind of the idea of like ancient aliens and stuff. Is that really just like maybe some sort of similar cataclysm that occurred now? And just, you know, they, you know, the elites kind of managed to, you know, keep themselves safe. And, you know, they, they, uh, they got too corrupt and overplayed their hand. Like, Oh, well, we'll go underground and re re again. And then they got praised as gods and they came back up because, Oh, look how advanced they are. And it's like, no, they're there's normal people.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah. 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 <laughs> You it know.
0: explains a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that's the case, but it's a fun little one to kick around. Oh, which yeah. I guess uh, th- there's one more question I want to ask you because I know a lot of people in our circle, or, or i say our circles. I don't really necessarily feel like I'm 100 of that I kind of you know, around the edges because I typically, you know, engage in more like political theory. But this is one that I do find, find interesting. I've been del- delving in more of the you know conspiracy type stuff. I'm kind of curious your thoughts on like the kooks. Because uh, I know a lot of people like uh, really hate the Alex Jones, and I would consider <laughs> maybe another name I could throw is like a, I don't know if you know on Twitter like Jinx, know, although he's not like a big mm-hmm. name. Uh, I mean, okay, that's uh, a Twitter name because uh, you know he does ju- you know kind of jump around and like uh, you know for example he's kind of has similar thoughts as uh, you know Alex Jones had on Sandy Hook, and uh, I don't necessarily completely throw away that either. I'm not, I don't put it past our government at all but i don't know I'm, I'm i'm definitely not like you know sold on one way or the other and then uh another new like a sam tripoli although i don't you know like uh you down know, dealt- his show oh i love sam uh but like uh these people who kind of go to the crazy the crazy nth degree i'm kind of curious your thoughts on that because i know a lot of people in these circles don't really like them they're like they kind of feel like they discredit them and i think there's a point to that but at the same time i also feel like I know for our kinds, I feel like there needs to be a level of maturity of like, Hey, we understand some of this stuff. We're just kind of, we are kind of speculating a lot and that's fine. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do think there's something too when yep. you do like say something resolutely, when you're like, this is a fact you're like, okay, well, okay, well, you to back that up. But like, uh, I'm, I guess I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. Cause I mean, I've been very disheartened with the way a lot of people have been treating like Alex Jones. Not that I was ever a big Alex Jones fan to begin with, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I like, but it's kind of like really like okay yeah he goes down a lot of crazy rabbit holes okay
1: <laughs> if it if it weren't for Richard Linklater um the the guy who did the movie Slacker and um uh through was it Through Glass Darkly um and he he's a filmmaker from austin texas and he featured alex jones in a couple of his movies um damn i wish i could remember the one that the one movie that was a uh, roto rotovision, vision but alex jones played a, a role in there i would not know who he was were it not for that when i came back to florida and hooked up with my uh my friends from junior high school again i found out that their kids were into alex jones and i was like i was aware of alex jones because of uh rig rigant and you know jeff wells and and that whole crew so i got on there and i was like hey guys do you think it's cool for and this was 20 years no it would have been like 2006 i was like hey guys do you think that it's cool for like uh, high school kids to be into alex jones like at this point point? and everybody on there was like you know i i might have paid attention to him for for a hot minute you know when he first got started but you know don't have much use for him now but I think it's age appropriate for a kid, you know, like that's the kind of thing that like a very young person would get interested in. And there's probably nothing wrong with like, you know, a younger kid being like, you know, taking in, you know, if if they're into that kind of info wars kind of thing, those are probably decent questions to ask and they'll probably grow out of it. And I was like, good answers. So, you know, that's, that's, kind. I, I can't say that I've ever watched, an episode of alex Jones at all but now here's the thing (laughs) pushing him off of of uh the internet basically off of social media that opened the door to to throw off anybody we we shouldn't we you know the royal we we shouldn't have allowed that um but because they were able to smear him with the crisis actors around the um shooting and stuff. And, you know, his, his behavior there, eh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's unfortunate, but I also think that that was kind of a, an alignment of powers. And I also kind of wonder if, you know, he comes from a CIA family. I kind of wonder like, really what's going on there. I'm not sure. And I haven't spent much time around his stuff, um, Sam Tripoli, I think, is hilarious. I think he's one. He's probably one of the hardest working uh, small broadcasters I've ever seen. You know, he's got his his uh, stand up comedy stuff, and then he's got like three or four really well uh, grown shows. You know, that have really strong audiences, and I I don't know how he has time to do anything. But so he does all of this work. He blows me away. Um, I love the higher side chats um the secret son what is his name Christopher Knowles on on secret son uh I I think that that he's freaking awesome and I also love um Gordon White at Rune Soup you know and so there's there's this like you know kind of uh ecosystem that goes from you know, you know Alex Jones is. You know, maybe I would think of him as kind of more militant, and then you've got like the Gordon White kind of people who are more, you know, into uh, uh, perma perma farming, whatever that's called, perma whatever, you know, more in the to, to the hippie chaos magic stuff. And personally, I kind of. Uh, uh gravitate over towards the gordon white side of things you know um i think that uh there was a there was a time when christopher Knowles was working around the the las vegas shooter thing remember the the guy who killed like 50 people from the um the hotel in Las Vegas. Wait, what was the
0: name there? Because I've been looking to do a deep dive on that one for a while. And it sounds uh, to me like you guys, somebody's got some information. <laughs>
1: so. Yeah, you got to get somebody on the show who can really talk about that. Yeah. Um, the Vegas. Uh, but I remember... Christopher Knowles had a, a Facebook group and he was talking about how the, there was all of these um, kind of astronomical, that there was all this kind of like synchromistic kind of stuff around the Las Vegas shooter. Um, Stephen Paddock, 64 year old man from Mesquite, Nevada. And, and he was also pointing out, so he was pointing out like, Hey, there's some like crazy, uh, synchromistic stuff going on. And he was also pointing out that there was a lot of funkiness. Like, where'd this guy's money come from? Who are the people who were really behind this? How was it that, you know, he was so able to do this stuff. for so long? <laughs> and why? And why? Wow. And and I think that the paddock story fits right into this whole Gladio thing. Fits right in with the Oklahoma City bombing. It fits right in with, you know, why is the U S the only place in the freaking globe where people are getting shot all the time, you know, and you know, it, it, it only occurred to me not too long ago, maybe a year or so ago that, wow, you know what, that really benefits the, the, the powers that be that, that really benefits, you know, people who want to, uh, you know, do a power grab for whatever for whatever reason. And I don't think it's necessarily uh uh to to take guns away from people. I think that they're more interested in other worse kinds of ways of uh cracking down. I I think that mass surveillance is really where we're headed right now. I think that's the big problem.
0: Have you read uh have you read Tom O'Neill's book Chaos? Or are you aware yes. of it?
1: Yes, it's you- so good
0: that like pieced together so much for me. Cause I always like MK Ultra seemed a little bit kooky and like, don't me wrong. I believed MK Ultra happened, but I'm kind of like, well, what's the application of this? Like, I like, I didn't really believe that you'd be able to like, but then like, once you understand like what they, it seems that they were probably doing with Manson, it's like, Oh, it's more of a scattershot approach. And you kind of get what you want out of it. And then also there's the other aspects of, and it's funny with yay and the whole pastor next thing going on right now. Like, uh, kind of like because it got it kind of that too with chaos and how uh hollywood was infiltrated by uh uh you know it seemed to be a lot of fed infiltration and it's kind oh, of like yeah. oh like there's so many dimensions to this and this connects to this and that connects to that and you're like that, that did click a lot of things in for me connected a lot of dots you're like oh i get it <laughs> like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like okay like it- I don't know. it, it is like, a, yeah. It's not. It's not like. It's not so much like a precise scalpel thing as opposed to like a general. Okay, like here's this like kind of bowling ball. It's almost like a, how do I think? You know that like stupid game the in uh, the Olympics where they like put the curling. It's kind of yeah. like that where it's like this thing. And then you're kind of sort of guiding it as you go, like, sort of. You have these outside forces that are kind of like, well, move this way, and then we'll kind of guide mm-hmm. the narrative this way and that way. Yeah, like <laughs> that. I guess that's kind of how I imagine it, because it's like, obviously, like, with something like Manson, it was super nuts, and it was like, it wasn't, like, obviously they weren't able to precisely guide him probably where they wanted him to go, but it's kind of like, hey, there's this agent of chaos, and we'll kind of control the chaos of these outside things going on at the same time. Uh, it, it is so... Oh no! Yeah, and by the way, when I mentioned like Sam, I'm not saying he's a kook. I was just saying a lot of people would perceive these type of people who do cover these types. because obviously he covers things like flat Earth or numerology and stuff like that, which I, a lot of the stuff I don't believe, but I, I love to entertain those things for me because I'm like I'll hear it, and that doesn't mean I'm going to believe it, and I, I think that's a sign of a, a mature mind to be able to take in ideas and just be able to entertain them and just like, okay, well, do I want to implement this into my larger thoughts? And then even then, you might be like. Well, there's some credence to this, but I'm not gonna buy it full bore. It's interesting. Uh whereas a lot of people see that Alex Jones are like, well, this is dangerous. Everyone's gonna believe every word he said. And like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't what kind of person like, yeah, sure, there are probably some lower uh lower IQ people who do just buy every word he said, but I don't know. Like, I don't I don't believe that's most people. And the people who do that, it's kinda like, well, who cares what they think? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> why why are we worried about Alex Jones? Like <laughs> I remember I remember when um, Tipper Gore was trying to get uh, video games and, you know, CDs censored because, you know, like video games were going to make people shoot things up or whatever. And, you know, now it's like Alex Jones is the problem and. What's funny is that Alex Jones is actually talking about the problems of things getting shot up. And now nobody is talking about like the way that the military is involved in developing first person shooter games that entrain people to, you know, feel like they're in combat. You know, I mean, it's basically simulation. Like where I live in Orlando, we have a, um, a convention that comes here every year for with the uh, um, uh, simulation and optics technology that's around UCF. And it's huge. And it's like all of these exhibitors that are, uh, showing off all of their simulations. So there's flight simulations, and that's cool. But then there's like all this like urban combat simulation that is just completely immersive. You know, you just put on the helmet and you were there. You know, and it's just it's a uh, it's 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 better than Disney World. I mean, if you're you know like a guy or you know somebody who's into that kind of tech, you know, and it's just interest. Like I'm just interested in uh where the tech is at and where it's going, but, um, uh, Sam Tripoli, like, like for the same reason you can go and like, uh, appreciate what's going on at a, at a convention like that. And, you know, not, not be like, Oh, I'm going to get a gun and like participate in this. You just want to see what it's about. Sam Tripoli approaches his subject matter in a way that is, super entertaining and he he treats everything with some dignity not like dignity but he he treats things kind of fairly you know so if he's going to talk to a flat earth person he's not going to be making fun of them all of you know like that's not that's not what he's going to do he's he's just kind of going to give everyone like a fair shake so he's he's an entertainer and he's just putting everything out there so that we can and enjoy it and i totally appreciate that um, and it reminds me I need to I need to listen to them some more. I tell you what you know I need more um, I need more work that isn't writing because I don't get to listen to all of the stuff that I want to listen to uh, when I'm doing writing work because I you know your brain can't do two things at once and uh, but if I'm doing design then I can listen to or you know, just filling in spreadsheets i can listen to uh, podcasts all day long yeah so well, i need some more shit work <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah luckily i drive a lot so i get to listen and oh, stuff and, perfect. Uh, and i do i do a lot of yard work because i have a couple acres but so i always have headphones on always listening to something uh, if anything my issue is i don't really get it. I, w- I wish i had a had more of a structure to write more because i do enjoy writing there was a especially during the uh, during the uh, lockdowns i was able to you know I, I did write a couple things and did some stuff like that and it, it is nice it, you like you do retain things a lot better and differently when you're writing and it's a different thing but i mean it, it is what it is um dude uh, this has been a awesome conversation i really enjoyed it as you can tell we're almost at two hours i generally don't ever really go more than an hour and a half so uh you know you can cool, just tell cool. the length this was enjoying co- enjoying co- enjoying it. I don't know what I'm doing. A, a, a fun <laughs> conversation. I don't know what I was going for there. Uh, um, but, uh, you want to go ahead and drop your plugs, uh, you know, and maybe whatever, uh, especially my audience, maybe if you have specific series or uh, episodes more, or writings that people might be interested in, whatever you want to plug, go for it.
1: Yeah. Um, check out. So, so you can find me on Twitter at Nashville underscore Brooke. Um, on my Twitter bio, there's a link to my Substack. And probably what I would tell everyone to have a look at is go to my Substack. I just published a piece called No Amnesty for BioGladio, uh, which is uh kind of talks about some of the things that we talked about here. And it right near that, you should also there's also a post about um uh it's about a thing that I attended in um, Death Valley with the Daily Coase people, and it's telling a tale out of school. And I think that I think that your audience might enjoy it <clears throat> in, in terms of, you know, kind of seeing, you know, behind the curtain, like, like what, what's going on with some people. So so that's it. Um, it's glamping neoliberals glamping in death valley something like that have a look at that one i think that's a lot of fun i think people will enjoy it
0: yeah it's funny you brought up the amnesty thing i wanted to mention earlier that we were talking about the Graham Elwood thing i i'm i'm actually completely for amnesty if you are will admit that you were wrong but the problem is there's so many people that will like kind of tacitly or no longer argue these things they would argue before but they will never admit they were wrong and for that it's like no fuck you you need to be held to account <laughs> like, yeah especially if you're in a position of power uh and Some even if kind you, of
1: reconciliation
0: yeah, yeah even if you're in a position of power even if you apologize actually i'd probably depending on what position of power you have it's kind of like okay maybe we'll take that into account but still uh no you can't hold any sort of position of power anymore i'm sorry <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah i i really appreciate your time this was a lot of fun uh definitely would be interested in doing it again so if you have anything uh pressing to talk about uh you know if you write a different piece covering some different stuff hit me up i'd be glad to have you on this is a uh, great conversation will do um, for sure uh this is a this is no way jose podcast you can find me on all the major audio packages in odyssey can't stress that enough especially since i don't know uh i mean i think we did a pretty good job of uh using vernacular that won't get us nuked but there's very strong chance this episode might get nuked luckily i'm uh my strike has expired, so just put me another strike, which just means I won't be able to stream again. I'll have to wait 90 days again before I can really go too hard. Um, but, yeah, so I highly suggest Odyssey, or just listen to me on the audio podcast. But if you really like the video, Odyssey, 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 please go to my Odyssey channel. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Jose 2020 unless, uh, hopefully, uh, Elon gives me back one of my old accounts soon. Uh, so that would be great. I've had multiple over 3K accounts that keep getting nuked, but it is what it is. Uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, you can do that as well under Jose Galison. Um, not that I really do much on Facebook, but just to have a backup. Uh, but patreon.com, just know me, Jose 2020 is where you can go to support me if you'd like to do that. Uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, all the good stuff. I appreciate it. I can't emphasize enough how much this was a fun conversation. Thanks for coming on, Brooks.
1: Likewise. <laughs>
0: all right. That's it.